0: Hi there, and welcome back to Better Call Shaul, where your hosts Shaul and Levy take on topics within spirituality, mental health, and the lowlife and culture of Judaism. Divorce is such an upsetting and unsettling time. For the kids, it can be just as challenging, and even more so. Should couples stay together just for the children? What about a person's own well-being? Should children come before that? Is there such a thing as kids coming out unscathed from a divorce? Sarah David and Ari Shainfeld joined us this episode to share with us their experience why they believe that the primary focus of divorce should be the children, and what their grassroots organization, Our Kids First, is doing to help out families going through divorce in the community. All right, welcome back to another episode of Better Call Shell. So today we have two guests. We have Sarah David, all the way from... Um, Hendon? Hendon, okay, (laughs) not too far. (laughs) And Ari Sheinfeld.
1: Also, also from Hendon. Also yeah. from Hendon. Okay, cool. oh, wow. nice.
0: Range. Thank you guys for range. coming so yeah.
2: so far to join
0: us. And we want we were just <laughs> discussing before in the preamble to this that so we, we wanted to talk about divorce, but in this conversation specific to children and divorce, the effect it has on children. What your guys' thoughts are about it? I know you guys have a organization that you started, in our kids first. So we'd like to hear a bit more about that in in the conversation. Michelle wanted to start off with a bit of his own statistics.
2: Yeah, just a little introduction, uh, preamble on, on divorce itself. There are, I've uh, just been looking at some statistics recently, and so there are um, going to be, well, the world last year over 100,000 divorces in this country. It's 43%. I don't know how you kind of do statistics exactly on divorce, but it's 43% of, of couples get divorced. What's interesting is, don't scare you guys in particular, but 50% of first marriages end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce and 73% of third marriages end in divorce, which just is an interesting um, statistic in of itself. The, the highest divorce rate in the world is in Russia. Wow, really? what that is or why that is not
0: with the current war you mean that's yeah well just genuine... yeah
2: yeah they even interviewed without that yeah uh-huh. yeah and 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 also in belarus belarus is the second highest divorce I, I don't know i'm just throwing things out i don't know why these are what do you think people in terms of initiating divorce how many women initiate what do you think the percentages are women versus men
1: i think i would say the women are more than 50 percent. okay what would you say sarah <laughs>
3: I was going to go with the women and the majority. Yeah,, yeah. you're
2: correct. sixty six percent of women um, initiate divorces. Oh. Um, which is interesting to me because what do you think the most common reason for divorce is given?
0: Hmm. I would say
3: like um, disloyal? No, like lack of attention type situation
1: you're
0: in the right
2: directions over here um in um, both of you in a way that the, the phrase that i saw in a number of places is lack of commitment lack of commitment now it's interesting because i was thinking does that mean that women have more of a lack of commitment than men because 66 percent of them initiate the divorce and i was thinking now maybe they, they feel their husbands that. have lack of commitment so that's, that's why yeah. they initiate the divorce yeah. Yeah,
1: maybe they, they crave the commitment more yeah, maybe they crave
2: the commitment more. Exactly, it's the, the, the uh, levels
1: of what's expected. And what's, the expectation what's of commitment
2: mm-hmm. might be more from a woman than from a man, and therefore uh, she'll be harsher about his lack of commitment than he will about hers. Uh, it would be interesting. It's not where we're going today, but I just thought it was. I uh, mean,
1: there's a, obviously a difference between reasons given and yeah. what's actually and what's going actually on. going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true yeah. as well.
2: Yes, yeah. but I think I actually think that was. The thing I was looking at was more. I don't know that that's what's given in the in the in the you know the the, what's it called the divorce uh, the the legal legal application. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) I don't think lack of commitment is given in the application. I don't think that would be good enough reason. Well, it, it,
1: well it, it, interesting, you, you yes. raised that as of the 6th of March, what's that, yes. last week. Yeah. Um, that would be good enough. Oh, really? There is the, oh, really? the law changed and there's what's called no false divorce. Oh, really? And wow. you don't need to give any reason. You can wow. say you can say just, nothing. Just had enough. Until the 6th of March for yeah. much of English history, for yes. hundreds of years. Yes, yes. Um, there, there had to be a fault. Somebody had oh, really? to blame someone. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. had to be something stronger than, lack uh-huh, of commitment. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: so in a way, maybe that's a positive thing. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I see the negative side of it as well. Mm. In that, in that, it just makes it simpler and easier, you know. And and so, not always so good to be able to get out of something so quickly.
1: Yeah, I think the 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 reasoning behind it in parliament and government is that once one party wants to get divorced, yeah, then independent it, of their reasoning yeah, once it's, it's over it's over yeah, yeah, why yeah. make them jump through hoops why yes, make yes. them right antagonising yes. reasons yeah, I know about, it's, a it's a but fair point
0: what would be the reason that the government would have any involvement with one's choice of whether of giving a reason of whether to stay in a marriage or not
1: well that's exactly that's exactly what this new development is the government is saying we're standing back we don't you know that's it's, it's your personal choice. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right. it's yeah. personal and right. yeah. we recognize that the divorce is about the breakdown of the marriage yeah. even if it's just yeah, one exactly. part making that choice right. exactly that that's
2: exact response to your question mm. it's exactly the reason i think why yeah. they why they've done it I was
0: surprised it took that long though yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: for sure yeah it's 2020
2: too yeah. you're about
0: to say 2020 you're like oh yeah. we're still <laughs> just one long year <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um,
2: so just my last detail, my last couple of statistics is that in america there is a a marriage every 16 seconds and a divorce every 42 seconds that happens in vegas or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah half of them are in vegas i'm not sure if it's the marriage or, <laughs> the divorces or both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just interestingly i just finish off with this one thing which is that Like I said, there were over 100,000 divorces in the country last year. How many do you think in 1858 when records began? How many divorces do you think?
0: I would say a lot, a lot less.
2: A lot less. Okay. Now, 2021, there were, I think, 120,000 divorces in this country. Okay. How many do you think in 1858? A dozen. Yeah. You're not oh, bad. You're eight. not bad. Really, three dozen, thirty-six. Yeah. Wow! So there were 36 really, in the whole country. In the whole oh, country. That's crazy. There were thirty-six divorces. Wasn't it
3: also that we were? It was a religious country, and that yeah. there were rules about getting divorced. Well, no.
2: I mean, Henry VIII kind of sorted that one out oh, okay. in terms of you know you're right. Before Henry VIII, <laughs> I think there were zero divorces until <laughs> yeah. he came along and wanted to get divorced. <laughs> you know, so well maybe we'll change the rules then. You know, yeah. but. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting um, that, that how things have changed. I'll just add one last thing, which is interesting. I don't have any thoughts on this, but actually divorce, the, the peak of divorce was about 15 years ago. There were about 150,000 divorces. Um, 15 years ago, and it's kind of gone down a little bit since then. Uh, I don't know what that's How about. That. Well, yeah, that's probably that might be the that might be what it's about. So, I think less it's people get married.
3: People are getting so disillusioned because yeah. of the amount of divorces like one in two divorces, one in two marriages are going to end in divorce. That's yeah, what kind of yeah. you get told. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. People are just like, well, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's really interesting. But...
2: That's yeah. an
1: interesting topic in and of itself. What's interesting is that when we're looking at divorce, we're actually looking at we're not looking at the current state yep. of marriage in society. We're yep. looking at the state of marriage yeah, yeah. 10, 10, 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Because the average divorce is after 12 years of marriage.
3: That's,
2: right. Where, where, how long were you guys? What were you in the average Nine. bracket? Bracket. Okay. Eight,
1: Eight okay. I think there is this um seven seven eight nine years yeah yeah seven years yeah. they call yeah. it yeah yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. and my exactly. divorce was going on for two years like we separated so um, much so that you're actually, that real
2: seven year yeah. seven year itch
0: how did you start thinking about it earlier than seven years or was it at seven years you started thinking about it
3: oh i think i started thinking about it before i got married Right. same 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 yeah. same.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, I think the number is the same <laughs> but <best. laughs> We're all yeah. wondering. Some of
3: us just took that thinking
2: a little bit yeah. more seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good, yeah. very good, excellent. Um, okay, so that's my little statistics. Great statistics. Uh, <laughs> in intro. So where do you want to start, Levy? You want to start with kind of being a little bit personal?
0: Yeah, I think a bit of, pers- bit of a personal experience. Maybe, Sarah, you can start us off with just a bit of your personal experience, as much as you feel comfortable sharing.
3: Okay. Okay. Um. So I got married quite young and I got divorced when I was 28 and Mm. I had three kids. They were like really young, uh, like one, two and six or something. Um, I grew up in a very religious community, divorce was quite looked down upon, I didn't grow up really knowing many divorced families or anything like that and I didn't know anyone divorced when I got divorced, shocking because I was under 30. at the time, I just felt like I'd married someone that wasn't suited to me. I, that's kind of the story that I told myself, that we just kind of weren't suited and I needed out. But I also didn't have the guts to stand up and say what I thought I needed to, like I need to leave. And so I just started running away, basically, and staying, but not mm. really being there. And um when I finally did get the courage to say that I, I wanted it to um, be over, there wasn't a lot of support from family, rabbis. Everyone kind of felt like we should stay together for the kids. That was why I was told a lot. Mm. In fact, at one point, I did decide to give it another go. I put my shaitle back on because I'd taken it off at the time. Because also religiously, I was just kind of like, out in the sea of religion that doesn't even exist and my ideas of religion were so ridiculous that I was just so unhappy I needed to kind of really start that journey again and I it, it was it was a lot kind of was going on at that time and I think that's quite normal I see that a lot all over the show with divorce you know like people when they when something starts to not feel stable underneath you i.e your relationship with your primary partner it's it's quite often that you'll find that They'll also be questioning religion and they'll be questioning stuff around it. So it's that's a shake up
1: I'm... of every area of life. Yeah,
3: really. it kind mm-hmm. of like puts you off balance a bit, you know, like your your grounding's not. Yeah, also so... an
1: opportunity to recalibrate for some. Yeah,
3: yes, yeah. yes. Also, that's what I ended up having. Yeah.
2: Although one could wonder, Sarah, is, it, it might be a chicken egg situation, you know. Is it that the divorce caused sort of disruption in life, or is that that it was you were kind of struggling on a deeper level and the divorce was a part of that
3: oh but, yeah oh yes yeah. definitely whatever the latter of what you just said what yeah, is yeah, the yeah. egg or the chicken that that, <laughs> one, <laughs> that, one, that came one came yeah. first but I didn't know that at the time uh-huh, I really didn't and most people who are going through it don't see that it's quite hard to see it when you're in it it's only after like eight years of reflection on what was going on that I could see that really the the divorce the experience of the divorce and Feeling that I needed to get divorced very much came from a place of me not feeling stable. Full stop. Mm-hmm. But that was my personal experience. So yeah. I wouldn't say that's for everyone. Yeah. I don't know if I would, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't now. <laughs> so, um so yeah. So I, so I, at some point, did stand up and say I wanted to get divorced, and I was told that it wasn't in the best interest of my kids, and that I was really going to ruin their lives. Pretty much, I was told that in no uncertain <clears> <throat> terms. Mm-hmm. And so I couple of times we tried to get back together and we stayed together for a few weeks, maybe like six, eight weeks. And I put my all back on and I was told I was a and like, you know, really given all that support when I was back in the family unit. But the second that I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. This is not working for me. Then
0: you lost was, that support. Yeah,
3: it all kind yeah. of went away. And not only did it go away, <laughs> kind of, but yeah. it was kind of like turned against me. So like, the basin was withholding my get for quite a long time. Hmm. Um, even once we got my ex-husband to agree to give it, they said they wouldn't, and they had like a loophole of why they they shouldn't give a woman a get if there's specific situations. Um and I I think that what happened after I got divorced was like on the outside I I really lost my mind. Like it looked like I was just out of control a little bit, which I did feel actually inside. I did feel out of control, but it was mostly also, a lot of it was to do with judgment. Like I felt very judged. And so I'm a bit of a kind of person. And I think human beings sometimes can be like, if you feel judged, you kind of show up like that. Right. So I kept showing up. Give them up.
2: something to judge you for. Yeah.
3: I was like, all right, you're going to judge me. <laughs> well, yeah. let's have some fun with it. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was at when I got divorced. Um, Having said that, my actual experience of the divorce was not horrific at all. Yeah. It wasn't traumatic like I was told it would be. There were definitely challenging times, definitely challenging times, and there were definitely times where I felt like I was out of my depth or a little overwhelmed. But I was lucky; I had support system, um, people who would like pick up the phone to me at ridiculous times and let me walk into their office whenever I wanted and make them help me. Yeah. Um, and I, I somehow managed to keep my perspective that if I kept my kids in the forefront of my mind, I don't know, I was just blessed at the beginning. I had this thought that if I keep my kids in the forefront of my mind, what is best for my kids? What is best for my kids? In any situation, with every conversation, with every fight, somehow it just made it easier to make the decisions. It just meant that it wasn't as personal. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about our relationship or what I deserved or what was fair or what was... It was always just about what would be best for the kids in this situation if they had a say, what would they ask for? Because they didn't ask for this... So my job here is to try and give them some stability, some consistency, some love. And if I can give them those, they'll be all right.
2: Right.
3: So I think, although on the outside it looked like a very tumultuous Mm. time, and I think Charles could clarify that, on the outside it looked messy, messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But really on the inside it it wasn't as messy. Mm. It was much neater Mm -hmm. inside Mm. my head, and I think that's what gave me a better experience of it. I don't see divorce as a bad thing I see it as a neutral thing that you can mess up by getting caught up in your anger and your upset towards your ex and you can kind of stay fighting with your ex and stay in that relationship where you which you're trying to get out of and then get to go through the whole process of getting divorced if you want to but that wasn't helpful to me I don't find it helpful to me and because of that because I kept that in the front of my mind I do feel like I had growth and what Ari was saying before it was a real rebirth for me. Like, I'm a completely different person than I was when I was married. Mm. And in the most... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but... It just naturally happened. I didn't do anything. I just... Organic. It, yeah, it was organic, you know? It just, like... Because I kept making these decisions based on my kids, it got easier and easier and easier to do that. So now when I sit here and say it, it's like, oh, rolling off my back, oh, I just put my kids first. Right. But when you're <clears> in the eye of the storm... It's a little bit harder, but if you keep holding on to it and put my kids first, what's best for my kids? They need to see their dad and their mum. That kind of thing is a much easier process, I think.
0: That's really interesting because I think we wanted to touch on this, but you would think that if you put your kids first, that's not focusing on yourself as in it's either putting your kids first or putting yourself first. I know they're very connected, but it seems like you're saying by putting your kids first, the whole process was a lot easier. It gave you a lot more peace.
3: In that process, When you're going through mediation and there's lots and lots of questions of like anything from who's going to see the kids on what day. For example, I'll give you an example. When I was getting divorced, my ex-husband had just qualified as a a tax accountant in Barclays and he worked in Canary Wharf. There was absolutely no way he'd be able to keep that job and see the kids properly during the week. It wouldn't work. It would mean the kids wouldn't see him. And so he wanted to have just weekends. And we ended up agreeing that he would have three weekends of the month, and I would have one, and I would have a week. Now, that didn't work for me. It wasn't really what I wanted. And it definitely was a casualty of divorce. I used to have this term of, like, casualty of divorce, and i just chalk stuff up to that. So it was definitely a casualty of divorce, but it was definitely the best thing for my children, because otherwise they would never have seen their dad, What like, every other weekend, if i right. fought for it and gone to court. So, yeah, there are times you have to get over your ego for your kids, but also we're grown-ups and we chose to have children and we chose to get divorced now there's nothing wrong with that what i'm saying is you can do it with your head held high you don't have to get into like the messiness fighting hmm. there's an easy way to stay out of that and that's by putting your kids first now do i think your kids well-being is more important than your well-being no no i don't and if if you know you lose your mind over things then your kids will suffer yeah. from that yeah But I don't think you'd lose your mind if you were really clear. I didn't ever feel like that. Yeah, sometimes I felt annoyed and I complained to my friends or I'd feel sad about it for a bit.
1: I think partly one of the reasons why divorce becomes so hostile and complicated is because the parties, the parents, are arguing and fighting. Um, The one thing that parents have in common is their children. Mm. And if you can get them to focus their minds on Mm. the one thing that really does matter, that they both care about, that they both should be on the same page about then you're resolving lots of arguments, lots of dispute, mm-hmm. and you're taking a lot of uh, fuel out the fire.
2: Mm. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I just want to ask you one question, so I feel you've answered it, and then I'm interested to hear from you, Ari, um, your, a little bit your story. But you said that everybody told you, everybody was telling you, you know, it's going to destroy your kids' lives, divorce. It, it, is, did that happen or did that not happen? What, no, we...
3: absolutely not. Okay. It didn't in any way, and I'm not saying that to make myself feel better. Yeah. Kids can come out of this unscathed, not just mine. I'm lo- yeah. I've looked around and I've seen, and it's not a truth. Yeah. Kids can come out of this unscathed because divorce is neutral, mm-hmm. really genuinely. And if you really can see that divorce is neutral, then of course your kids can come out mm-hmm. unscathed. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is keep your head. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's saying it's, it's an easy process. And kids, you know, kids will have questions. My kids have questions, and there are times they struggled with the little changes, the actual logistical changes or whatever. But I remember one time I used to find winter holidays very, very, very difficult. My ki- my kids go with their dad for 10 days straight and I used to find them really hard because that was quite a long period for me to be without my kids. And at the beginning, I'd basically be drunk for 10 days mm. when they were gone. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds um, good. <laughs>
2: everyone because i have my kids there <laughs> <laughs> well you know
3: there's always options very neutral um, and i remember thinking i remember feeling like i couldn't i couldn't be happy when my kids weren't around because that would mean that i don't care that they're not around mm, you know, like right. i couldn't correlate those mm, two emotions mm, mm. and i was on the phone to my middle child who is generally the wisest person in the whole world <laughs> and i'd said to her how was your holiday it was like the end of the holiday and i said how was your holiday and she goes you know what mummy." i really, really missed you. I also had a really good time. And <laughs> I to tell me everything. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if you can manage those two emotions yeah, at the same time, can as well. I can manage those yeah. two emotions at the same time. So, yeah, I get sad sometimes. Like, we're human, you know? Hmm. I get sad sometimes when I'm missing a, I don't know, a thing with my kids because mm. it's not my time or whatever. Mm. But they're not scathed. They're unscathed. They're whole people. They had space to be able to talk about it. And actually, I think when parents are fighting... Like kids have less space to talk about their yeah. feelings because they they can feel it from you I don't want to talk about money to you or whatever
1: yeah I think I think I can say hand on heart very uh, you know very with absolute certainty that the best decision I have ever made for my children was to get divorced
3: mm.
1: and and I know we will talk a little bit more about it soon I think but um I only made the decision to get divorced once I was convinced that it was the better option for for them. Mm-hmm. So do you want to say more about that? Let's hear a little bit of your story, Ari. Um, sure. It's a nice segue into it. Yeah, I think when, when you asked us earlier about, you know, when we both said that our marriages began with the thought of divorce, mm-hmm. I think it's it's interesting to note that I think the majority and, well, you know, our kids first, what we deal with is, is essentially talking to divorcing couples regularly. Um, and it's very rare to find a couple where, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare that the marriage was good and there was love and there was everything. And then something happened, something triggered it. At least not in the younger younger marriages, maybe, maybe in some of the older marriages that happens. Even then, I think it's rare. I think for the most part, there, is, there are warning signs and red flags from, mm. f- from very early on. And that was certainly the case with myself. I think, yeah, from the start, we knew that it's either really hard work or divorce. And then, and then you have kids and then you start, you know, people tell you, well, you can't get divorced because the kids need stability. And it takes a long time to realize, OK, this is just not working. There's just not a, a safe space here for the kids or for ourselves. And we're all not healthy. And to realize that it's it's not great for kids, particularly in our community where they will be the odd one out in their class, the odd one out in their in their society with their friendship group to have separated parents. But it's either that or raise them in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And it's choosing between two bads, between bad and worse. Right. And uh, realizing that divorce is bad, but you can choose it, you can control it, and you can make the best of it. That's, I think that was what I got to. That's what I needed to get to in order to make the decision to, to get divorced. Um, when I separated after, for the first two years... Took took us a while took me a while to get my get. In that time, I think I was forty percent functioning self. I didn't realise it at the time. I was telling everyone how happy I am and how I have re you know, refound re my old excitement for life and all the old things that I like to do, which was true. Um, a friend of mine even has me saved on their phone as Mr. Happy from those days. Because that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the facade that I put on. And and, and and to an extent, there was this huge relief. There's this ability. I remember when I think one of my siblings got married. And so my cousins came, flew in from Israel. And I'm on the phone to one of my cousins. And I'm like, where are you staying? And they said, oh, we don't know yet. So I'm like, okay, you're staying at mine. And the relief of the ability to just make that decision, make that call there and then on the spot, not have to ask the wife who's changing the sheets. Yeah. It was, it was, and it was those small things that kind of were, were really, really lovely and were really, were really nice. Um, but I was living from one email to the solicitor to the next. Mm. I was always waiting for the next to communicate. When am I going to get my get? When am I going to? Finalize the child arrangements. When am I gonna get the you know the financial settlement sorted? When are we gonna apply for decree absolute, decree nisi, nice etc., etc. And spend the time living living from one, you know, uh, yeah, living in the divorce process and kind of somewhat somehow managing the rest, except for when the kids are with you, and then when the kids are with me, everything is bliss. And I know what I need to do: pick them up from school, give them dinner, make their homework, and make their bags. And you know, I've got a, a schedule and a program, and so everything's great. Um, I didn't feel like I needed a support network. I didn't feel like I needed it at all. I had my family. I had my friends. But when I got the support of friends, I realized how much I had been missing it. Mm. And I realized then how much it meant to me and how much more so it means to others who don't or aren't blessed with the amazing support system, family, local, Mm. that I I had.
2: Yeah. It's interesting to me just off of that. And I think I know what you're both going to say because I'm just reflecting it back on myself. Do you think that divorce has made you a better parents? 100%. Yeah. Because so I'm listening to you saying, that you know, I pick my kids up from school, and I have dinner with them, and I give them homework, and I'm thinking, when was the last time I did that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, in my defence, I was, I was an active, active I parent during okay, marriage okay. too. But you know
3: what? For them, and for women, it's a different thing. Like I think that women struggle with like having to do the man stuff, like having to deal with the finances and the bills, and like I really struggle with that. Like for sure,
1: for sure, for sure. When when you spend when you spend time fighting for your kids, for access to your kids, Mm. then you value and appreciate the time that you have with them, and you want to make Mm. sure that you're giving them the best love and Mm. care and attention. If your your mindset is straight in other words mm. if you're actually thinking about them and you're not still bitter about the divorce and mm. uh, and about the breakup yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, maybe this question is moot now but do you believe in the concept of couples sticking together for the children i know you've said that you believe that it's it's usually the other way around that it would be better for the children to not live in a toxic environment
1: i i, I mean i think i believe in the concept of couples doing what's best for the children right if that is separation it's separation if it's staying together it's staying together i in every case is different and of course there are times where we're potentially staying together even through i don't know living in living separately or shared lives as a you know if you can work an arrangement there are times where that might be uh, worthwhile to explore but staying together in a in a toxic environment where you're fighting and the kids are seeing that and you're using the kids as and the kids are, are seeing an unhealthy um, marriage unhealthy relationship that's setting them up for failure for life right i, think. Mm.
3: I don't think there's like a blank answer to that question that's yeah. the truth i think it's so personal and nuanced and the only people who really know are the parents they yeah. know if if they can do more with what they've got going on in that moment mm. if they can if they can make it work or they can't and it's not really for anyone else to have an opinion Hmm. Actually, because I think that yeah, sometimes you can get caught up and think that there's no other option but it's a massive life decision and I don't know anyone who hasn't gone back and forth on it Yeah. a few times before they've got divorced I don't know anyone that's gone I'm getting divorced and the next day they leave and they never go back because right. yeah. actually deep down, everyone cares everyone cares that they are losing this this kind of family unit that they thought they'd have this isn't the life they thought they would have and you do everything you can with what you've got at that time now everything you can could be very little because you yeah. don't have you know you're just in a bad place and you can't you can't do anymore but everyone i think when you meet people when they first decide to get divorced you'll see everyone comes with a good feeling they want to do you know mm. split everything the kids should be equal they just want to be amicable right. the problem
2: devil's in the details mm. You know, probably, yeah, probably a few weeks later
1: when you get advice <laughs> yeah. from people. And,
3: and it's yeah. a shame because yeah. the will and the want is really yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It really is, but it just gets lost very, very quickly. Mm.
1: Yeah, th- mm. there is there is this social stigma that says, you, you know, don't get divorced because you, you, what, of what you're doing for your kids. And I think that is still, to some degree, mm-hmm. a starting point for many people, particularly mm. in our community mm-hmm. or probably well beyond our community. Um, I also think that if you speak to any divorced parent... They will tell you that it was the right thing for their kids. Mm. So, mm. so yeah. So I, mm. they will tell you because, and, and the reason for that is because children aren't victims of divorce. That's not what ruins them. Divorce, like uh, like Sarah said, is is neutral. Divorces two parents deciding to separate, and it can be done in theory nicely. Um, children are victims of the conflict. Mm. children were victims of being used as pawns in the divorce children were victims of feeling like it's their fault Mm. children were victims of them feeling like neither of my parents love me because they're dumping me on the other or my parents are using me to... To ask questions about each other or, you know, when the second the child is put in the middle, that's when they, you know, that, that's, that lack of stability, that conflict, that's really what affects and harms the child. It's not the divorce in and of itself, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I also
3: think it changes your experience because, like, what you see is you see that the children work out very quickly that they can pin you against each other. Mm-hmm. Very young, very quickly. They just see through you and they'll start, very young, pitting you against each other, mummy and daddy, because they see you're not a team anymore, right. and it's a way for them to gain to control, and then that makes your life harder, because you lose total control as a parent. Mm. It's really difficult. That's where the challenge really comes in pe- co-parenting separately, mm. is because your kids are cleverer than you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember in, in the early days of, of my divorce, when there were, usually handover happened at school, but there were times that we had to do handover... Out, you know at each other's front garden out at each other's front door and my daughter's a daddy's girl my son's a mommy's boy that's that's how it is that's how it always has been and I would take my kids to my ex and my daughter would cling on to me for dear life and cry and scream and yell and I would have to and s- similar would happen in 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 the other, reverse, in, the other yeah. way around, in the reverse um and I would have to say to her darling and we'll see you again in a few days' time but Mama loves you too. And, you know, it's great. You've got your own bed. You've got your own stuff in this house. This is great. And I would I would absolutely have to reinforce the message that it was that we both love you. We both care for you. You can call me. But I had to make sure that she went there and that, you know, that separation happened with the right messages. Mm-hmm. A few years down the line, none of that anymore. Now they know. They know that we're not, you know, they know that we both love them. We're both there for them. It's not their fault. Abba and Mummy didn't get along anymore. We didn't want to stay married. We're not in love anymore. Um, but we both love you, we mm-hmm. both care for you. Right. We even both went to school today to talk to your teachers together, mm-hmm. right? Because we're in this, where, where you're concerned, we're a team. Mm-hmm.
3: And we actually, we said to people this morning, actually, we had a meeting this morning, we were saying to this couple play, play pretend, even if you mm-hmm. don't believe it. Yeah. Even if you leave the room and call your friends mm-hmm. and tell them what an awful person your ex is, you play pretend to your kids because the only way you're going to keep mm-hmm. some form of control mm-hmm. here. Because the kids will just get in between you. And I think it's really interesting, just leading on from what you said before, I think it shows how little it's to do with divorce, the the kind of trauma that people go through. Mm. Because five, six years down the line after divorce, mm. you find people who, are, let's say, their spouse gets remarried, and suddenly, you know, we hate their new wife. And, and that becomes a whole thing. And the right. kids feel uncomfortable there. And that becomes quite true. You know, this one's not invited to that. Well, that's nothing to do with divorce. You pass the divorce stage now. Mm. You've been past it for years. Really what's going on is you still have anger and upset and distrust and bitterness Mm. towards this person that used to be in your life. And that could carry on for 50 years. That could be your kids getting married and you refusing to stand under the chuppah together. That's all that goes on. People refuse to turn the page and go, I want to have a new life. Mm. And it's a shame because really... The whole point of going through divorce and losing half your assets and all this is so you can carry on with your life and Have, you know, what you say, this mecca that you're going for, you know, yeah, like, yeah, well, then yeah. do it. But it's funny because when you're in the eye of the storm, people don't see yeah. that. Even if you say it to yeah. them, it's hard yeah. for them to see people that. Are, people are tied together through marriage and then
0: they remain tied together right. through divorce.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame! Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're, they're only stuck with the negative feelings from the marriage, not you know, the positive ones. Yeah. So it's yeah.
3: just really... So you are stuck with this person you cannot stand for the rest of your life. And when you see it like that, it is hard work and maybe really in
1: those work. cases they should have stayed married
3: and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 stay, <laughs> stay married and hate
2: each other yeah. then yeah. get divorced and hate right. each yeah. Yeah. other yeah. Yeah. I have yeah.
3: said yeah. that to people before I've said if you're going to carry on doing this you may as well have stayed married and not had all the practical and logistical upheaval yeah. Yeah. carry yeah. on yeah. fighting have a bit more money in, in your pockets yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm hearing you guys saying and it very much resonates with me is that um there's no, there's no black and white and, and I, I don't, I very strongly believe it's not helpful to, to make such uh, principles for people and to say no, it's, it's always a good thing to stay married for the kids. Mm. You know, because things aren't set in concrete like that. You, people are individuals and each relationship is different and you have to, you have to look at it for what it is as opposed to, um, as opposed to kind of get a hard and fast rule. And 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 I think hard and fast rules make people make bad decisions or, or point towards people making bad
1: decisions. You know yeah. what what one way or the other. Yeah, kids um, kids thrive off 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 stability. Yeah. So if you're gonna stay married, but every two minutes change your mind about whether or not or how or when that that's just or, as or, or if you're screaming
2: at each other the whole time yes, and and exactly. they're and they're there kind of in the house hearing it all. Mm. So that that can't yeah. be a, a stable environment for a
1: child to kind of
2: be nurtured yeah. in and, and yeah. grow up in
1: and, and so there's no question that the whole you know sea of divorce is throwing the kids into a temporary instability and it takes time to resolve itself but hopefully it can only take two months three months six months eight months it's when it starts taking a year two years and five years that you're just continuing the bad marriage really yeah
3: Also, well, why is it the big bad wolf like if god forbid one of their parents got cancer that would make them feel a bit unstable for however long yeah. that was going on mm-hmm. 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 There's loads mm-hmm. of life stuff that goes no, on. No life experiences don't. happen.
0: Yeah. 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 Well yeah. but I guess we... this is a decision maybe this is more of a because That's it's a decision it that is. you have to make. It's not yeah. something that just happens. People feel guilt. Yeah. Right. Mm.
3: People yeah. make yeah. this decision and so they feel responsibility. Right. Guilt I've had parents say right. to me, I did this to them, this was my decision. Yeah. This was my fault. So you feel like
0: you're the way at fault for, for having yeah. a negative effect on the children. But
3: let's say like let's in the play pretend world say it's so neutral as much as cancer is. Like, cancer's no one's fault. That just happens, mm, yeah? Right. Sometimes marriages don't work out. It just yeah, happens. And that just happens. And actually, your job is to parent them through that, just like you would parent them through the loss of one of the parents losing their job or a move of the house or whatever it is. These yeah. are things that your job as a parent is right. to kind of take a step back from your ego a little bit and what you hate and what you think and kind of go, okay, well, this is a situation. How can we try and give Them some stability through this, yeah. And it doesn't always look pretty, and you don't always get it right, and it doesn't right. really matter because you don't get anything like get anything in right. life,
2: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what's interesting is that I've had people, you know, because I obviously counsel a lot of people, and a lot of people kind of come, come to me for kind of issues like this. I've had people who've come to me and have, have cancer, let's say, and feel guilty about the fact they have cancer in terms of their kids. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because it's interesting what you can make up for yourself, you know, if you want to, or if you kind of get in that direction. So it's the same thing. In the same way, in my mind, as somebody who's making up nonsense that that I'm doing something to my kids by having cancer, I think it's the same nonsense. I'm doing Mm. something to my kids by getting divorced.
1: Mm. It's it's funny, this brings, takes me back, I think. I I, I don't remember the last time I've thought of this or remembered the mindset that I was in when, just pre-my divorce. Yeah. And I remember knowing that, I have to make this decision one hundred percent. I have to be able to look back at this decision and know that I did this with my kids' best interest at heart, and that I have done what I with the with the information that I have now. Mm. I have made a choice which is the best interest of my kids. Mm. Before I was able to, you know, be certain about that in my own mind, I wasn't able to come to the conclusion mm. to make a divorce. Mm. And, this idea of, of of kids needing stability mm. is exactly that because if until you till you're fully fully certain about your decision, mm. and then I think the next step is how you then go about the process. Yeah, um, you're you're not giving full messages, mm. right? It's almost mm. like the guy who 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 uh, we met recently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's like, yeah, I told her I want to get. This is a guy who's not yet begun his divorce process. I told her I want to get divorced and. Meanwhile, she doesn't really have a clue because he hasn't said, "Okay, we're getting I mean, divorced. We're getting yeah, divorced. happening." Well, he's spoken about it. He's yeah. skirted around, us. and that instability—if you do that yeah. to kids, it's the worst thing. you got to. Not gotta good comfort- for yourself either. Let's
2: forget yeah. about kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> it's not, yeah. not a great place to be in.
2: the no. yeah.
3: and so, I and I feel for people because people are scared, and I think we are scared. We are made to feel scared Mm -hmm. now really being on the other side of it and kind of coming real full circle of like helping other people Mm -hmm. i see that my story is the same as everyone's story Mm -hmm. is the same different flavor Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and and number one all the all the people who who try and kind of run around trying to find out the true story of why this happened Mm -hmm. because everyone wants an answer as to why this didn't work is it's like a fool's game Mm -hmm. because you're never going to get the true story Mm because everyone is seeing it from their point of view and they're mm. very positioned yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel like my feeling now coming for a second is like, my God, if we took this pressure off divorce as being like, you know, up there with the death of a spouse is like yeah. the most traumatic thing you'll ever go through it could be less traumatic for people. Yeah. And actually people could make it from a more stable place like what Ari's talking about. Because I had the same experience and I don't know anyone that didn't. I had the same experience as him going back and forth. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. One night I got clear, clear just so clear. And it oh. sounded the same as yours but different flavor, you know? I, you need to do this. So it's like the right thing for yeah.
0: your kids. So it's like people expect that it's going to be terrible, and therefore it, it yeah, is terrible. It's a self-fulfillment. Yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, self-fulfillment, yeah. 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 And then, not that it's a great that, thing, but it, it's not. A, yeah, it's not a great obviously, thing, but, so, but so is, like, so is anything build else. it's yeah. not really really
3: right. fun, especially if my <laughs> wife's doing it. Yeah, then you have <laughs> to do it four times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: divorce divorce is often terrible. Divorce yeah. is usually really 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 terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's about making it as least terrible yeah. and and, yeah. and as. You know, it's time sensitive. The first mm. thing that I would say to almost anybody who comes to me saying I'm getting divorced, I say, okay, my role here is to help you do two things: get through it quickly, because mm. I think you know, it's, yes. if it's going to be bad for six months, it, it, you know, if it's going to take you two years, it's going to be two years of hell. If it's going to take you five years, it's going to be five years of hell. If it's going to be six months, it'll only be six months. Of hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying in the marriage might mean, might mean a lifetime of hell. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. those 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 are the those options that you're yeah. There's no yeah. question that the divorce, particularly when you've got children and you love your children and you're having to give up time with your children particularly when you've worked really hard to earn your money and you care so much about your finances and all of a sudden that's being you know half of it's being taken away for you all more and you know your expenses are going up and like you know you, you've got to move out of your house you're losing your best friend or even if your ex-wife is was never your best friend you're losing somebody who you've who's been a, mm. a stable constant in your life and has helped you and has been there for you the whole time everything is upheaval it's it's, it's losing your family it's losing your home you got to move out it's the, the most um, stable people people who have had jobs for two decades um, every year they get a you know they get a pay rise and they and they get they you know they get their bonuses they go through divorce everyone's finances are affected mm. everyone mm. you can you can be right at the top of your game you're going through a divorce if it takes you a year you might you know manage to hold on to your job if it takes you two or three years you're gonna get fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose your job, you're not gonna get your bonus mm-hmm. that year, you're not gonna keep up with your with your deadlines. Um the same thing as your mental health, the the the, the percentage of divorce cases that resort to Sarah resorted to alcohol.
2: <laughs> I think you're a great example, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say <laughs> I went through it with you, and I can vouch. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: to to some really, really interesting stories. In and yeah, one yeah, morning, absolutely. I went to turn up in his office, and he's like, "So what you got to tell me?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well." Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was great. Who needs Jack and Nori? You know, you know you've good. got Sarah
3: Very David going
2: through <laughs> go a divorce.
3: I just gave you some
1: entertainment.
3: No, absolutely. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Idea.
2: I didn't care about you at all. I just
1: wanted. To <laughs> <laughs> okay, like everyone finds a crutch, finds something to hold on to, and mm. whether it's alcohol or drug abuse or other forms of abuse. You know, abusing substances or, or 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 other crutches, other things to hold on to. Everybody finds mm. something. Yeah, and needs help getting out of that after after a divorce. Mm. For me, it was my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 That's I, a good addiction I, if ever there was <laughs> one. <yeah. laughs> it's it's pretty healthy. The number, try yeah. Yeah. The, the number of mornings just sat there. You know, slow wake up, have a coffee, sit on my sofa, watch a bit Netflix. Whatever, just not function. Oh, not you don't want to like be in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, catch yeah. Totally. Unless I have yeah. the kids, have the kids all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Super dad. busy. Super <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny
3: because that's the truth as well. Mm. Do you think, find a, a lot of people, not all people, because some people I think struggle with it, but a lot of people, there's like that injection of your kids is the mm. thing that keeps you.
1: Yeah.
2: Which mm. I think mm. is
3: coherent with what we're saying. Yeah, like yeah. That your kids. Are the thing that will keep you sane during this mm. and help you make decisions through this, and it's hard because it seems like, like that question before, about whose well being comes first, and we were discussing this earlier, and we actually both said mm. that actually your well well being comes first, mm. but that's not what really we're talking about. What we're really talking about is like how you show up. Kids come first.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. The re- yeah. your
3: your your well being of course comes first, but.
2: What you're saying, Sam, here, you're saying, so is that putting the kids first is putting your well-being first.
3: Yes. Yeah. That will help you. That yeah. helped me, my kids yeah. showing up at my door. You know, yeah. and when I was in a really low place and all I really wanted to do, be doing was drinking and I couldn't drink when my kids were with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to have them. Yeah. I really and didn't really want to have interesting, them. Interesting, very really yeah. interesting. But when I went down that road and I was again very lucky, support, blah, blah, blah. So when I started edging down that road, I had yeah. someone going... What are you doing? Don't do that mm-hmm. and come back. Mm-hmm. And I could see that that actually, on retrospect, your kids are the thing that will keep you stable.
2: Yeah, if, even
3: if
1: you have
2: that perspective, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: If I wouldn't have had my kids for half the time that I did yeah. from from day one off after my separation, if I would have to go for weeks on ends or I don't know, do this every other weekend thing that so many dads seem to do. I, I I don't know where I'd be today mm. they they absolutely tied tied me in mm. kept me alive mm. gave me a reason gave me a meaning gave me a purpose mm. and if we, we we touched on religion earlier so I, I found that having my kids as a meaning yeah. made me maybe need crave for for meaning in other areas mm. less mm. yeah I and, nah. and and that's and and maybe that's part of the story why so many and it's true I do not deny it so many divorcing parents do then struggle with uh, religion mm. it's, it's interesting
3: yeah. i wonder why mm.
2: well no i hear i hear the logic in that yeah. the that, that kids become their religion almost mm. you know your kids become your meaning in life mm. because you're right I, I it connects to what you're saying earlier that you're friend, mm. in certain way i don't know good or bad but your kids kind of mean more to you than my kids mean to me in a funny way because you've had to fight for them because you've and, and in a way that i haven't it's appreciation, I, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah, and and so and so they're they're kind of a higher level for you in terms of your priorities in life and your meaning in life and, and your focus in life.
1: It's like anything that we, when you you know when you anything that you fight for anything that you work hard on anything, yeah. whether yeah. it's a relationship or a job or your kids, yeah, yeah, or yeah, a business or anything. If you yeah. you put your mind in, to something and then you finally win it, you finally get it. Yeah, you know, it's, we mustn't forget these children are are incapable you know animals after half an hour get up and run around and go hunting (laughs) kids kids, you know if if they have a fight with their friend in school when they're 10 years old they still need I don't know if they're you know, you need to speak to their teachers. You need to make sure their social life is good. You need to make sure that they're eating healthy, that they're doing their homework, that they're going to bed, that they're happy. That you take them to the park on a Sunday. All of these, they're reliant on us wholly and they no, Wait till
2: they're thirty. You can <laughs> see yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, change. Yeah, it worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like
3: an unfair truth that no one tells you. I kept thinking my kids are like eighteen. And I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. not sorry. Yeah. No, no. Just yeah. just beginning, sir. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah kids begin at, at 18 <laughs> uh, just being time conscious Yeah, yeah. So I know there you was one question a I really minutes. wanted to get to here
0: and, I, um, and then after that question if you guys can share just a bit about our kids first oh yeah absolutely because yeah. I
2: think it's great work that you're doing um, you. to me it's a bit of a million dollar question although you might answer it simply which is this you know 100% I think it's, it's, it's so true that, that putting your kids first in a divorce is important for the kids I think it's the right thing to do in a certain way and it's it's in a certain way it puts your own mental health first as well. I really like kind of the way you've kind of positioned that. But what if one spouse puts the kids first and the other doesn't, mm-hmm. and and so wouldn't that be be lead to a potential um, take, being taken advantage of? You know, you've got the kids first, and you want to make all the compromises, and you want to do everything for the kids, and
1: the other one doesn't. And and how how would you see that? Anything that you do for your kids isn't being taken advantage of. Okay. You can only control your own behaviours. Um, it's important to get the message across to both sides as much as possible. Start thinking about your kids. Stop thinking about the fight. Stop thinking about the bitterness. Stop thinking about how much... Well, stop thinking about your ex and stop thinking about what he's done to you, what she's done to you. Start thinking about your kids. And and there, there very often is one or even both sides who aren't thinking about their kids first. 100% that's what happens. Um, but let's so let me give you an example let, let's say uh, and and,
2: and I, I'm sure as we talk it through it'll it'll i sounds right what you're saying but let's say um the one one parent is pushing for a very unreasonable custody settlement you know they want uh they want it to be that uh, they see the kids uh, the the the, the, other, the other parent sees the kids once a month let's say let's take an extreme example you only see the kids once a month and they're fighting for it and they say we're going to go to court over this and 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 the other parent says, "Well, put the kids first. You know, um, we don't want to go to court, and we don't want to fight. We, we like you say, we want to settle this as quickly as possible. This could take two years in court. So, so maybe we should just settle and
1: and put the kids first. Mm. So, so, I I understand. I think sometimes going to court and having the court rule on what you know what is what is healthy for the kids, even though that means dragging. The kids through the courts. Sometimes that is the only option, and sometimes that is putting the kids first. Yeah, yeah, um, if, yeah. If you truly believe that it is important for the kids to have a healthy relationship or a relationship with both parents, something that looks like more than once a month and birthdays, yeah. then 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 you've got to fight for that. And and although the fighting is is unhelpful, although the battle is unhelpful, yeah. the war is will be won ultimately when you get what's best for your kids. Mm. So what I'm hearing as well here, as
2: you're saying this, is that. In a certain way, you know, it takes two to tango. It kind of mm. takes two to have a fight. And, and a fight is not in the details. A fight is in the feeling. Yeah. So if you've got your head on straight going through the divorce and you know you want for the kids first and you know that that means that I care about their spouse, that about my ex because I want her to... It's important that she's healthy and it's important that she gets what we need in order for the kids. Yeah. If you're going through that with a nice feeling, then even if it's a two-year protracted thing... Um, that's going to be okay for the kids because they're going to have a parent with a nice feeling, and that's going to give them a lot of stability, e- even through that process. In other words, not the details of the process, it's the feeling in the fight. Exactly. If you take the, if you take the sting out of the fight, yes. the fight's not, it's not, it's not really a fight.
3: That's the problem. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not the problem. But it's, that's the, the sting. Yes, you know? yes. But yeah. actually, I've done both. Yeah. I've done in my over the years of divorce, I've done, you know, being the parent that in theory was being told like my family was like oh you're being walked over blah 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 but i didn't feel that at the time at Mm -hmm. all for starters um and i knew it only took one parent you only need one parent and i'm not saying that my ex wasn't but i'm saying i always knew that you only really need one parent to do this properly like towards the end i could see it it doesn't matter the kids get the disability they need right so yeah, I don't I think that's exactly right. You don't need both parents to be on the same page. And I've done it the other way now as well. Like there are other things that happen in divorce and my kid wanted something and we couldn't agree. So maybe we'll end up going to court, maybe we won't, who knows? But there's no sting in it, you mm-hmm. know? It's just like well we don't agree, we're not on the same page, which is yeah. quite normal because we're not married to mm. each other. Mm-hmm. 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 I
1: think we're, we're, we're talking um, about an ideological divorce at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about people who are able to put those emotions aside and, and hopefully you know, really put the kids first and think mm-hmm. about it. It's true that in the majority of time that's not you know, people aren't aren't there. Mm. I don't know, majority, minority, I don't know, but very often people are just not there and they are mm. bitter and they're showing up as the worst versions of themselves at this time and they're they're fighting about everything that matters and so they are bitter and so it's it going take one person. Well, yeah. I mean sometimes putting your kids first is about baby steps. Sometimes you can realise that in a small decision I'm gonna put my kids first and then you know, you still you're not ready to not fight about the rest. You're not ready mm. to not be mm. bitter about mm. everything else. Mm. But it's about getting there, fixing the mindset, slowly realizing, okay, I'm not going to argue about this because I put my kids first, but I'm going to carry on fighting about everything else. And slowly, with time, you broaden that, and then hopefully you can get one or even both parents on board when mm. um, yeah. they see when trust is built. Yeah, it's so much about trust as well. Yeah. Now, now that brings us nicely to canny kind of organisation.
2: I think, yeah. and um, in terms of the sense I get is that that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to help people put their kids first and, and have better divorces, so to speak, yeah. or less worse divorces. Yeah. So. Yeah, less terrible. As, as a result of it. Now, just and, and I want to hear more about the organisation. I have to um, put my kid first. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: or put my wife first. Maybe, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> there's, a show, there's a show I need to get to at school. So I'm in order not to rush you, I'm going to kind of, if you don't mind, step out and leave you and leave these good uh, hands so you can, tell, me a so you can Arcus4ce, tell a bit about yeah. your because uh, you know I want people to hear about your organization okay. and what you do so I apologize to run off and thank uh, you thank you for, thank us for us having for us, us pleasure yeah. pleasure it's really nice it's been a great conversation I've really really nice. enjoyed it yeah. and um yeah. thank you and um, yeah, for sure
0: so so yeah our kids first can you, can you tell us a bit about it and and also in, in the in the context of a about it and be if there are, are those that would need this kind of service need this kind of help um, where they can go to kind of go to find out more about that
1: okay. well thank you for giving us the, the yeah. opportunity to for well, sure. this our um, kids first started soon after I well it didn't our kids first started a few months ago but the 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 foundations of our first was soon after I got divorced uh, five years ago separated um, Billy Katz um, was my neighbor he'd also recently gotten divorced and he came over to me and he said, okay, you know, there are four or five of us young guys in the community, just recently divorced. Let's start a WhatsApp group. And I'm like, I, I really don't need to be part of the Sad Dads Club. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but he, he, he pushed me on it, and we agreed to start a WhatsApp group. Um, the WhatsApp group started as four or five guys. Within a few weeks, it was 10 and 15 guys. Within what? a few months, it was 20 and 30 and 40 guys. And it was events and Friday night meals and, hey, I need food for Shabbat. Can anyone help me? Or, hey, I need to move because I've been kicked out of my place. Um, can anyone help me? Or my ex's solicitor is saying this, that, and the other. How do I respond? Or the base didn't want me to give a g-. And we realized that there is this huge wealth of knowledge hmm. within the group, yeah. wealth of experience, unfortunate experience within the group, and um, and we started helping each other with everything with, with everything from pastoral emotional care to eventually therapeutic uh, professional care to food for Shabbat and Chagim and finding meals to help in with moving to um, uh, guidance through the legal processes and the finances the child arrangements, the get um, we wound up doing that for 70-80 couples over the past 2-3 wow. two, uh, two, three years, 3 years and at some point, I remember exactly where it was. I said to the guys, I said, I mean, we, we ended up being a core cool team of four of us, um, um, Billy, myself, Dovo and uh, Shirley Back. Um, and we, we, we were out together, and I said, guys, the way to make amicable divorce is by bringing both sides together, by having yes. both parties realise that they need to be focusing on the kids and they need to be making things go fast and if we only had a way that we can get we're you know we're a bunch of guys helping guys if we had a way that we can also help the women and we can reach out to the women build their confidence and trust you know that that would be the game that would be one of the big game changes mm-hmm. and that's when we came up with the idea of starting a charity um, and that's when we decided to uh, bring Sarah on board because we needed someone with a Divorce background and therapeutic background um, uh, to help, you know, to gain the trust and confidence of the women and somebody who has the right mindset, who who will who will further our mission to put the kids first. Yeah, Um, I trained then as a family mediator because that that was my passion. Um, But on the team, we have people with experience in uh, finance, fighting the court battle without a solicitor, saving tens and tens Mm. of thousands of pounds that most people don't have. That only goes into their own pockets and their children's futures, their children's education, their children, children's house, right? Mm-hmm. Experience with child arrangements in court. But we try to avoid that. We try to avoid courts at all. We, If it's going to court, we want to do it as cheap, as quick, and as, as you know focused as possible. Nine out of ten of our clients, I think, avoid court in the end. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, the, there, is, there is obviously... We have a strong relationship with the Bate Din, with the Dayanim. So making sure that the get is given at the right time, as quick as possible. We don't want anybody withholding get, not men, not women. Hmm. And alongside that, like I said, the pastoral care, the social care, making events for us. We did on, on last just this past Hanukkah, we had 30 single dads with 60, 70 kids. Well, these are kids who will go to all the local from schools. And in their class, they're usually... None, maybe one other uh, child of, of uh, separated parents. If you can imagine what that's like every Sunday, to just feel different. Every time their parents come to pick them up from school, there, there are so many circumstances where children just feel different and odd. And then they're there at a Hanukkah party, and they're talking to 60, 70 other kids who are the same as them. And, hey, I'm normal. Hey, this yeah. isn't a big deal, eh? Yeah. And at the same time, the, the dads are able to chat with each other and support each other and tell each other what they went through last week and how they bickered about, should we throw away the... the that's a bad example. Should we, should we I don't know, yeah, bickering about the silliest little things and yeah. how did you deal with it and how did you respond to this email and that email in a, in a safe, happy environment. So the the events and the social and the legal and therapeutic all go hand in hand and tie in together to eventually... Getting a divorce that's, that is the healthiest version of divorce for the kids.
0: Yeah, and for, and for the parents as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And of course for the kids. yeah. So I only joined a few months ago, um, and I came on, we kind of just ended up, I don't know how we ended up, Talking to each other, we didn't know each other. And so I, put us I, in touch. A,
1: I was looking for someone. Yeah, and everyone said, "Call Sarah David." Call Sarah David.
3: That's what happened. <laughs> and my job until then, I ran a charity also, but I um, I I help people through divorce. It just happens. People talk to me, and I'm very open, so people feel open to talk to me. They would tell me mm. what's going on with them, and I'd help them because I just feel like I had a decent experience in divorce, and other people could also. Mm. Um, so when I got to Ari. I was just blown away with what they were doing and the team, the four boys that he kind of very, very roughly mentioned are absolute legends and heroes and what they can sort out for these people like tea girls and help and free food. And they've given someone an emergency car at one point because they, they, they couldn't find a way to um, get their kids around. And, and, and my feeling is that if I had had that when I was going through my divorce, I think I would have really benefited from a yeah. charity that could provide me with some help because I was really floundering at points and we had a very very similar outlook we both felt like the charity had to be what we call Switzerland mm. very neutral and um, that we would always try um, Ari's vision for the charity resonated with me that we would always try and get both team, both sides on the same team that the, the faster the, the divorce can kind of be done with the less fighting the better And they wanted someone who um, was a woman who could kind of expand that part because it's a very different experience, women and men. The challenges are different. Mm -hmm. So they kind of understood all the men's challenges, but the needs for the women are different. And A, they need a woman, and B, they need different things. So we've been building that, and thankfully bizarrely, because we've literally only just registered as a charity six, seven weeks ago, but women are like coming to us, being pointed in our direction, yeah. and and it's growing organically with us doing absolutely nothing, and I think that's because there's a massive need. So I feel really grateful that we kind of found each other, and I feel like we're going to be able to change this taboo subject in the community from something that doesn't make you a pariah, but rather, you know, we're a one-stop shop for you to help you through
0: this to get you back up on your feet and on your way nice That's amazing that's amazing i mean it's a game changer for be a big game changer for parents and kids
3: yeah. yeah
0: where can people go if someone would like to reach out or get involved we,
1: we're, we're getting our phone number this week but our email address is info at uk.
0: okay so that people can email that if they need yeah. to reach out right there okay cool thanks guys for coming on appreciate thanks it so yeah thank you, thank you guys Lovely. yeah thank you so much hi there listener Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Better Call Shell. Look out for our upcoming episodes. We'll be talking about topics like suicide, homelessness, and Jewish gender equality. Look out for new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of your favorite listening platforms. And you can follow us, Teakhan London, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, plus our website, teakhan.co.uk, for more great content. If you like this episode, share it or tell a friend. Let us know what you think send an email to levi, L-E-V-I, at tikkun.co.uk. Hey, we might even discuss it on another episode. Thanks again for listening.